Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, RFK Refugees Podcast. Ted here, John here. John, it, it's it's finally happened, my friend. It ha- well, first of all, before we before we get into that, how was your weekend, my friend? Was it good? It was, what day is it? Is it Monday? It's Monday. It's Monday. It was it was a good weekend. Yes, felt it was felt sort of weekendish. Felt sort of weekendish. Uh, thank you all so much, so much for joining us. As we said, we've got some amazing news for DC United. After what felt like a uh, seven hundred and thirty day search. Um, I'm pretty sure that this team had Ben Olsen as coach a decade ago. I can't be sure. Um, I can't be sure. They fired him a decade ago, I guess. Uh, DC United finally has a coach. Finally has a coach. Yeah. Finally. It happened. And it's and it's not who anybody would have thought because until today or yesterday, very few people had heard of him. So certainly he was not on anyone's list until very it, it recently. Is, it is very, very much out of left field. Um, out of out of complete left field, as far as I think anybody anybody was concerned. Uh, this is and I I tease this reference. Um, I tease this reference in the beginning. Uh, but I to before the show. This this is this is like when in the West Wing when uh Josh Lyman picks the Jimmy Smith's character Matt Santos out of Texas and like. The story here, maybe the story's a little bit about the coach, maybe, maybe a little bit, maybe there's still a little bit about you know who he is, where he comes from. But as far as anything turns, he's a complete unknown. Um, and the story really is about DC going out, taking a chance, taking a risk, and grabbing a player. And that's that's really the story we got here right now. I, I don't think any of us are, are up on the Belgian league. I tried. I he was supposedly coaching his last match, and I really tried to find. Um, I really tried to find out. Uh, find find out like if i could watch this or stream it or you know questionably find a website that could host it i couldn't find it but julian uh, gressel found it yeah i don't know i think he Apparently. i think he was vpning it i think he was uh oh i know what it was you can the belgian league is available this is not going to be important anymore now obviously no one cares <laughs> but uh espn plus in brazil has the belgian league so if you really yes. want to see what happens to beer shot after he left you have to, that's what you'll have to do yeah, exactly. That's what I have to do. But he's here right now. And again, this is a story that is it's 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 a new dress. Uh, we should probably say, have we said the name of the nope. coach? I don't think I, nope. I, got, I got. So I'm so excited, everybody. I'm so excited. Hernan Lasada, Argentinian. Uh, Argentinian uh, speaks. I think it was like Spanish, English, Italian, French. So so a lot of uh, languages, many, many, a languages. lot of languages, more, more languages. I'm struggling just to learn Spanish um, as it is. So I, I can't even imagine trying to speak uh, to speak four different languages, but um, but yeah, let's uh, let, let's get right into this, man. What are your what are your thoughts? I, I what are your big picture first, thoughts? Big picture thoughts. Big picture give, thoughts. Give to me. Are uh, this is not what we expected, but it is exactly what we hoped. Uh, I don't think you know you can't you can't account for outcomes, but you can account for process, right? Like so, we said have said from the start we want it. We want. Uh, a big swing. We want someone with a defined identity, and we want someone that can tell us what that identity is, and then make it make it exciting. You know, you can't guarantee this team's going to win, but you can at least guarantee this this team's going to try to win. Uh, and that's what we've got. We've gotten a whole bunch of that uh, very very quickly, at least from what we read about. Again, we're we're all. Last night I tweeted, I think on the show account, and now everyone is furiously googling the Belgian league <laughs> and beer shot, and that's where we're all at. But luckily, a lot of people put some great content together very, very quickly, and we can sort of walk through that. I think that's probably I, I we we did it so you don't have to. I think is the way that I would we would put this. So so I got so I when when it was going to be Chris Armas, we were all like, that's the hire that we didn't, you know, that's not the hire we wanted. And apparently he's going to Toronto. And I think there there is a sense of like, well, Toronto has to know what they're doing because they're Toronto. I think if DC hires him, it's a much different story than the, than the story we're getting out of Toronto for him. You know, then we, uh, then we get the, um, uh, then we get uh, obviously the, the, ev- the one everybody wanted, um, which was Gonzalo Pineda. And after that, I was like, all right, this I, I was getting some 2010 vibes when a lot of coaches were on the were on the docket they were looking at. And then they ended up just sticking with the interim guy, Ben Olsen, who then was there for 10 years. I was I was like, is this going to be another one of those situations? And I was scared it was going to be one. of the, I, I was scared either we were going to go. We were just going to panic and we were going to go hire Dave Sarakan, who just left North Carolina. Uh, we were going to make some other move just, just to get somebody in there, some unknown quantity. Uh, but they said, you know what, let's they, they went outside of the box. I mean, this is a club that has been 
rooted to the box. They have barricaded themselves inside the box of 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 players in a lot of cases of coaches of of just that there hasn't been a lot of like creative thinking or let hey let's try something different and new this is very different and um, i guess one of the the on the united states of soccer jesus davis said they are chasing a trend which is apparently he's a, a bielsa style coach loves to go out in the attack that's uh a good you trend. know i think that's a good trend to yeah. chase. <laughs> and i think we've said on the podcast um we, we've said on the podcast if we're not going to be good let's be interesting and we've been bad and not interesting for so long yep. Uh, with maybe some blips of interesting interestingness, is that I don't know if that's a word, yeah, but um, it is now. <laughs> it is now exactly. Uh, it's nice to see this t- club go out and do something. This could we don't know if this is going to work. This could absolutely fail, but at the very least, they swung. They kind of swung for the fences here with something different and something new. Um, and this is a hire for the diehards. This is not going to move the needle. This is not going to get the guy who watches every Washington football team game and Capitals team to pay attention. Maybe a guy that went to a couple of, this is for the diehards. This is for people like you and me who have followed this team who wanted something new and different. So in that case, that's, that's another reason why I really love this hire. Um, just, just based on that alone. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into, let's get into a little bit about him. I, yeah. I am told already that we are mispronouncing, uh, beer shot, but you know what? We're just, Everyone we're is. gonna roll with it. Uh, feel free to call us. We, call in uh, on our on our number here that we put on the screen later. We and you can we, tell us. we we really tried to nail the name of the coach. That was our that was our our priority our priority goal here. Uh, I went to I went to my wife. Our producer went to his wife, who are both of uh, Latinx descent, and they helped us get the get the name correct. Awesome. That was our priority. Right. Ah, Belgium. That's Belgium's. We've fine. got we've fine. got time for one correct name per show, and that's we decided we we're gonna spend it here. All right, so. Let's talk about this guy. Uh, started out his career in Argentina at Independiente, and I did a little work on this. Players who played at Independiente, the most famous one, Christian Gomez, played there for a while. Feder- Federico Higuain played there for very briefly. My favorite, DC United's uh, one-season loan player, Pablo Hernandez, uh, played <laughs> plays plays there currently still. Um, but most of his career, he played out in, in Belgium uh, with a short stint where he was playing with Fred Briant at, at, uh, at Beershot. Spelled said wrong. Beer Scott, whatever. Uh, pro- <laughs> pro- probably not the same team. I think that team's had some like real financial. They were in like, the fifth. They went bankrupt. Yeah, they were in the fifth division at one point, similar to my team, my Italian team, AS Bari, who is now FC Bari seventeen oh nine or some craziness because of the same problem. So, anyway, he th- through various incarnations of Beer Shot, he played for them, he coached them, and it started in twenty nineteen. Here's where we get the Ben Olsen vibes in a serious way. Started in 2019 with the U21s, uh, and then he took over as manager of the first team halfway through that same season. So uh, I have here extreme Ben Olsen energy with Stin, Stin Verven playing the part of Kurt Anolfo. So I know I said that <laughs> name wrong, but there's like nine I's and three E's in this guy's name. So this is Bel- we don't belong in Belgium. This is not, this is the Flemish. <laughs> it's not where we, not where we belong. Uh, so that was in the second division of Belgium. And they went crazy. They had it. They they just went bananas. Promotion winning. Uh, they finished in fifth. I guess there was a playoff, and then they, they succeeded in the playoffs. Uh, but the basically the big thing that everyone looks at here is they finished seven wins, five draws, and two losses, conceding just eight goals uh, in order to get there and, and get promoted to the first division, which is which is big for a team that was in the fifth division six years prior. In his first year in charge, uh, great start uh, through twenty one matches. They were in tenth place. Scored in a th- Here's where it gets exciting, I think. Scored the third most goals in the league at 41, and they're only one point away from Europa League, uh, which is which is great for them. He's now leaving that halfway through. Uh, however, one one thing, one caution note, which I can't find in my notes. Here we go. Uh, 41 goals scored, third most in the league, conceded 45, second worst total in the league. So, John, high scoring. Are, are you are you telling me that you you? Are concerned when this team has had moments where they have been the like least most defensive team in the league and have barely been scored enough to win games and choking games off. Are you telling? I'm I'm I don't care, man. I I, awesome. I would love it if this team scored seventy goals and then gave up like a hundred. I I wouldn't care. I'm just sounding fun. a It'd be fun, single note of alarm. Give, give, G- give me the five four. Give me give me the six four. Give me the give me the give me the craziness. Give you want it to you me. want the DC United RSL game from whatever year that was. I think was exactly Netflix. every single weekend. Okay. Every single. Weekend. I mean that's that's what I want. Totally fine. Um, <laughs> so 
as far as when he came here, his last game in charge was this weekend. Uh, big quotes from him that were exciting and interesting. Uh, Ted and I were just discussing this for the for the show. Um, he said, if I had been able to choose, I would, of course, rather have said goodbye after the season. I don't like to get out of something in the middle, uh, but there was no other way out of it now. It's a new challenge. What made me choose? First and foremost, I think it is a dream for many coaches to work in MLS. I also have to realize that such an opportunity does not come every day. So we are now a league of choice. Just as Don Garber predicted, for Belgian coaches with one year's of experience, we are a league of choice. So that's exciting. We'll just start it right there. Uh, we also said... No offense, <laughs> no offense to any previous coaches, but he likely asked them when he was in the interview process, how long was my the guy before me here? Ten years? Okay, so he won like what? Four or five championships? Three? One, none? Yes, I will accept this job. I will be here <laughs> one, in one, two days. One open cup, right? one open cup. Give him credit. Give him credit I said for championship, that. <laughs> I said league All right, anyway. So I, I would say that he was probably, his, his eyes were blinking there pretty fast. Um. So this is where it gets kind of interesting. Uh, football reference and transfer mark- market both indicate that he plays with a back three or a back five, potentially with a 4-4-2 diamond. Uh, there is a great article um, that someone sent to us. I don't have the name, unfortunately. Uh, I don't want to... Eh, sorry, I'm not going to look back. We have had a lot of tweets <laughs> in the last couple of days, uh, but uh, that sort of looks at a uh, sort of a tactical breakdown of the way his team plays. Beyond the scope of this show... It it gets it gets it gets uh, inverting the pyramid style. Lots of graphics, lots of arrows. Not our thing. We're just going to tell you to read the article. We will try our best to sort of summarize some points about it, maybe. But um, we're we're none. We are not we are not tactical wizards here on this show. It's not it's uh, not our thing. I'm being I'm looking here in the chat. About thirty people are telling us it's pronounced bear shot, like you shot a bear. That's easy. We got it now. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. Yes. Is now, well, the, the thing is, we're never going to say their name again. They don't exist yeah. <laughs> as far as this podcast is concer- concerned from now on, but that's fine. It's good to know that. Um, but anyway, so that's the that's the possibility. The possibility is a three-man back line or a five-man back line. We've, experienced, we've experimented with that uh, in the past, as you'll remember, uh, to some good and some bad effect, I think, with very similar uh, personnel that we're going to have when we start the season. Uh, but we're also going to have a healthy Paul Ariola, who potentially could be one of those wingbacks, maybe with Julian Gressel. We didn't see that. We didn't see the best out of Julian Gressel in that position last season, but we didn't see the best out of him in any position. So it's yeah. a possibility now. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's what comes into play. And, and there is something said. I think that the, I think I saw a comment posted about how, like, oh, I don't think we have the players to play a high octane offense. I I want to I want to I disagree I disagree in a, in a lot of ways about that sort of sentiment that we don't have the players to to play this position. We actually I feel like I feel like this team with maybe not the same construct of players but but similar construct of players has looked best when they are uh, it, in the Ben Olsen days. It was when they were doing sort of a half press and they would sort of get the ball and go. Um, and I wonder if they could be like. Full press, whether that would be good. And you have you have Emil Saad and you have Julian Gressel, who both played in very high octane offenses in Atlanta. Paul Riola came comes from Liga MX, which is a very high octane league. If you sit down and watch Liga MX, it it is it is pretty close to like what MLS will be maybe in like five ten years if there's like the amount of money that they spend. Uh, and you have uh again Edison Flores also coming from Liga MX. I do think this team has a capability to play the the high octane style. Uh, that that this coach needs. Um, I don't know if it'll be pretty. I don't know. I don't know if it'll be a San Jose style thing where they like go out and like win games like three three two and then lose games like seven one. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it's it's gonna be it's it's not gonna be boring. It's not gonna be boring. I hope at least he might he might completely change his he might completely change his formation. Who knows if he's even maybe he goes ah I can't do that here. So um, apparently he's clouded a lot for his tactical awareness. Uh, also very, very well regarded in Belgium. A lot of people in Belgium, I think, have actually been pretty surprised he took this job. They thought maybe he was going to be going on to sort of another more prestigious European club. It's so, so nice to have someone that other people would also want. <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's a big thing. Uh, and just to close this off before we, we've got a caller here we're going to go to and, and everybody make sure that you get in line. We want this to be about how you feel about this new coach mostly tonight. Um, one person in United Circle said that Losada ticks all the right boxes, great tactically modern coach who is known for an attack-minded playing style, uh, models his tactics on those used by Marcelo Bielsa, 
a storied Argentine coach now with Leeds United. Uh, United interviewed more than 25 candidates, some casually, some seriously, and seemed inclined to hire someone with MLS or U.S. experience until very recently. So it's a this is a this is a big swing. We yep. we're, we're we're excited for it. All right, let's uh, let's talk to Joel or Joel. Hey guys, what's going on? Hey, how how you doing? What do you doing think? Good, excited, looking forward. Uh, I'm I'm really happy. You know, um, to uh, an ownership group that's been very risk averse in the past, and uh, when we saw word about a guy like Armis, we we knew exactly what we were going to get, and instead now we have potentially a guy with a lot of upside. You know, he he could not be great, but unlike Armis, he could really be great, and it's it's great to just have someone to be excited about and to look forward to the next season. Yeah, upside is good, right? Upside upside makes people watch on TV, and when they can actually get in the stands, it makes them buy tickets. So uh, I I would agree completely. Are you are you um, are you thinking this is going to be a process, or are you expecting him to hit the ground running with the, the team that exists right now on on today? You know, so from from the little I know about him, he he arrived at a team, you know, had the advantage of knowing them pretty intimately, but immediately got them promoted against expectations, and then. Uh, you know, hung tough in, in, in the top flight in Belgium, I believe, mm-hmm. you know, and scored a lot of goals. Uh, even if we lose, it, it'd be exciting to lose 3-2 and, and 5-4 instead of, you know, just lose by one jammy goal over and over again. We have, I, I, you know, we have said that on the podcast before. I was unsure how much of the, the fan base felt the same way. Uh, it appears all of them do. I feel like everyone <laughs> is tired of one one zero one zero either way. I think they're just done with it, so... I think if I think if if we never see another zero zero no shot draw ever again, it would be too soon. I think that's probably how everybody feels. Yeah. No, agree, agree. Well, all right, Joel. Uh, good luck. Yep. Thanks. Thank, thank you for calling. Yep. Thanks for calling, Joel. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that the sentiment the sentiment of just being an exciting attacking team, I, I think, is is enough of a draw. Just just the chance that this could work out and be something um, be something new and something different. I think. Is going to bring a lot. Of, is going to bring a lot of people in. Um, we've got some. We've got some chat questions. I want to make sure we get to. Yes, uh, go ahead. Some of them Fire we won't away. have the answers to, but you know that's how the show goes. Uh, Giovanni says, "When will the season preseason start this season, considering COVID concerns?" Well, what a <laughs> prescient question to ask. Uh, Not just COVID concerns, by the way. All right, Co- Co- COVID actually, COVID is probably still number one on the list, but I'd say one A is uh, the current uh, CBA negotiations that have been going down. Um, so, in case you don't know anything about that, so last year, uh, right before the season started and, and the COVID shutdowns happened, uh, they renegotiated that the CBA that had been negotiated and agreed upon prior to the season was never ratified by either side. That meant they went back into negotiations. Said we need to go back. We need to claw back some of these costs. We know it's going to be bad. At that point, we didn't necessarily yet know that we would be shut down all season. We kind of thought we would maybe potentially. Didn't want to think about it, uh, but it was it was true. And according to the league, as a result, they lost a billion dollars. And of that, seven hundred and fifty billion of it, seven hundred fifty million of it, was related to not having ticket revenue. For a league that's set up the way it is, that makes sense. Um, that was not too big of a surprise. Um, we have a lot of people waiting to call, and that's great. But I'll, yes. so I'll just I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up quickly. So uh, they they inserted a clause called the force majeure clause that meant that uh, they could automatically call off the agreement that was agreed to and restart negotiations because of an act of God or an act of whatever. They have done that. The league has sent a offer to. Uh, the the players saying basically uh, we uh, don't we we don't we're not going to take any more money off of you uh, than we did last year. The players' association said that's still taking more money off. We agreed last year to reduce our salaries by ten percent. We agreed to push off um, into the future TV revenue deal, and you're just basically saying yep, but longer now, but through like three years from now, not just <laughs> this one year. So the the players' association says not really big fans of this. Why don't we just play on the existing deal? Uh, MLS is saying, no, this is a 30-day negotiation window, and after that, we don't know what's going to happen. So we'll see. The short story is nobody knows the answer to that question. Um, I would anticipate a later start than anticipated. For I think March is what you normally assume. I assume past that. Well, let's get. I assume. Yeah, go I assume most past. So we have we have Rob. We have Rob on the line who wants to give us a lesson in Flemish. Uh-oh. So Rob, fire fire it away, my friend. What's your what's your okay. lesson? 
So the club is called Beerschot in Flemish. Mm. It's not S-H, it's S-C-H, which is a sound you don't have in English. But essentially, that's the name of a locality. And if you want to look for something, what it means, hard to do. But Beer, B-E-R, is actually the same as bear, you know, the animal. Yep. And Schot is, uh, can have a number of meanings. But we think the club got the name especially because in the early stages of its development, um, they were sh- hard shooters. Schot ah. is to shoot. Shoot. So it's Beerschot that you have to say. And you know, in Antwerp, uh, there are two major clubs. Beerschot is one, and the other one is a Royal Antwerp Football Club. Unfortunately, I'm an Antwerp supporter, not a Beerschot supporter, but I just thought you should get it right if you're going to get a new trainer from there. I, we appreciate that, and we wish yes. he was from Antwerp so we could have a much easier time pronouncing the, <laughs> the team he was from. But we do appreciate the lesson; <laughs> it was very helpful. What are your uh, so? What's oh, your uh, very good? Yeah, th- thanks. Do you have any? Do you have any thoughts on the on the coach uh, from your uh, oppositional fan uh, perspective? No, I I've been gone way too long. I left I left Europe in '73. I've been in the states ever since. Still go back regularly and still follow my own club, of course, but. Uh, I don't know much about this coach and the current Beerschot club. Okay. Well, thank you for calling. We appreciate it. We appreciate it. Absolutely. All righty. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. So Beerschlot, I think is... Nope. Then get it. Darn. (laughs) I'll work on it. (laughs) I need more lessons, Rob. Give me me, me, some If you could record it and like break it down phonetically for us, we could maybe get it. I just think we're probably just not going to say it. I think it's It's fine. I kind of want to still buy their jersey because I think like the the name itself, people would be like, that's a cool name for like the fact that it just has the, the. Yeah. It's just the fact that it has beer as we would pronounce in English. Anyway. Next. uh, Yeah. We got next on the line. uh, We got Ank. Angus, yep, on the line. Angus from the uh, from the Discord. Hey, Angus, we we didn't get the beginning of that. You're on. Sorry, you're on, buddy. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, um, I was calling because I think this is interesting, and I think that um, Losada is really gonna really gonna thrive here for a couple reasons. But what is going to happen this time around is Bill Hamid is finally gonna get to prove the haters wrong with yes. his ball distribution. Yep, because. I don't know if you guys watched the Bearshot um, Bruges game yesterday, but when I was watching it, their goalie, the Bearshot keeper, was way out of his box, coming up to push the push the line. I'm, yeah, and he almost was sitting like I don't know five ten yards behind the center backs at times, at, acting as an extra passing, as, acting as an extra passer when they were passing and developing in the back. We might have to trade for Sean Johnson so, then. <laughs> well, do we really want that? No, I'm kidding. I'm no, kidding. No, that's a no, that's a no, U.S. national yeah. team joke. Go ahead. Yeah, but the the idea that Bill Hamid is a pure shot stopper is going to definitely be put to the test with Losada in charge. I think. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, why? I, I I'm oh, still ahead. wondering. He he he's not going to get a chance to. I I think. Certain aspects of his roster of this roster will fit what he wants to do, but I think if we want, I'll be I'll be curious to see how much he holds true to what he wants, or he gets here on day one and he's like, I gotta rethink some things. I, I can't do everything I want, um, and then maybe maybe in two well, three years when, when when I'll get a chance to choose some some different players. But um, that's that's my caveat. I'm not sure we're gonna see everything that we that we want. Yeah, yeah, and I. What's also interesting is um, I did note that somebody had a graphic of all the formations he's used with in his time with Bearshot, and he was using four at the back with you know some frequency. You know, it wasn't his go-to formation, but he was using the occasional four-three-three or four-one-two-one-two, mm-hmm. and like that diamond in the middle. So he is not averse to playing four at the back. He is not solely a three five two kind of guy so we could see a four three three mixed in there especially at the start because we have a lot of wingers right now and not right. a lot of center backs right <laughs> that is true that was that was our big concern is sort of how and we won't really know this until we get a lot more conversations about 
uh, sort of his play style. We all were going off as basically like, you know, a couple articles. Uh, but it, it, I like that. I like that you said that there's, you know, a lot of a lot of data saying he plays four in the back occasionally. Coaches that are wed exclusively to one formation, no matter how good the formation is, I'm not I'm not very excited about, particularly with a team that doesn't have a whole bunch of money to spend on remaking the roster in his image uh, in one year or two years. So that's 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 good. That's good info. Yeah, and I think a lot of it was adapting. I know that the guy before this said, I think it was uh, Joel or Yoel, he's also in the Discord, but I, he said that, you know, he had, a, he had a really good, like, understanding of the group at Bearstop because, well, he, like, played his whole career there. So I think a lot of that, a lot of that formation and those player choices were probably made because of the players who were there because he knew the group so well. So it'll be interesting how he adapts it. But it's also worth noting Bearstop, like, record transfer is less than seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars it's like, like uh it's a club that does not spend money it's like saint truden who so, bought uh who bought chris durkin who at that time was their record spend and i think it was also less than a million dollars so that that you're right yeah. so he, he's able to make some uh some lemonade out of some lemons which is <laughs> we've got we've got we've got i want to yeah. say we all have lemons but i feel like we've got a lemon budget Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for this hire. I think it's going to be a breath of fresh air for a club that's been stale for the past like decade. Yes. You know. Yep. Um. I, I think, I think honestly, they're, they're. I always look at the coaches like the fourth DP slot on a roster because you can pay them as much as you want and they have mm-hmm. a huge impact on, on the the play, and the style of play and stuff and such. And you know, we saw. Gressel thrive in a wing back situation. We've seen Areola thrive when he has a little bit more defensive responsibility. I mean, where can that guy not play? As long as he's running up and down a sideline, he's probably going to be all right. Um, and you've got, you know, Assad who can play. I guess he could play holding midfield now too. But yes, an you know, eight. You've got these kind of players who can go everywhere, and I, I don't know. I think it'll be very interesting. I don't know where yeah. Flores slots in personally. But, uh, I was talking to uh, uh, James Lambert. Other uh, than that, I think it would be interesting. Yeah, I was talking to James, the president of Screaming Eagles, and he was talking about he sees uh, Flores as being sort of the second the second forward, sort of a withdrawn forward that tucks in behind uh, Kamara. And I think that makes sense based on a little bit of the things we saw from him. Good in possession, uh, really able to keep the ball uh, under pressure when he's able to play also great cross of the ball. So there's, he, I, I think that one thing that we have learned, and I did not get most of that article about the tactics. I will, I'm not even going to pretend uh, that I got most of it, but there was a lot of, there was a lot of uh, uh, conversation about that second striker uh, pulling back to the midfield or, or going to the wings to create overloads. And if, if Flores is able to sort of not just be the tuck behind forward and get out there also, I think you get the most out of him. So we're excited. There are a lot of players last year, Coach aside, that are the talent was much above their performance, and we just have to see this year what we can actually get out of those new players and get out of the players uh, around them, whatever that unlocks. It, it, and hopefully, as normal of a year as we possibly can. Um, I think I, I don't I don't I don't think that that played at least some of the role in 2020. But and I'll, I'll be curious to see how he does with the young players too. I think that's something maybe. Uh, that that might get a little bit lost in this. How how is he? How does he handle a guy like Paredes and and Yao? Um, Angus, thank you so much for joining the call, my friend. Um, and uh, and anything else? Anything? La- I'll, I'll let you have one last word if you have anything else you want to add. Yeah. Um. And this goes back to that youth thing. I think if he has the ability to make that lemonade out of lemons, like we were talking about, he knows how to use his in-house resources. And if he doesn't see the talent in our in our like youth system and the prospects we have right now. That that'll be a big that'll be a big like sticking point for I think a majority of the fan base who was accustomed to seeing that last season because you know they're probably not starters where they're at right now but they can sure provide a spark coming off the bench with five subs. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Exactly. Great. Thanks so much for uh, for joining Angus and uh, hopefully hopefully we enjoy the season this year. I think we will. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And I, I think, I think Angus hit, hit a, hit a interesting point um, just about maximizing resources. That's something we, I think we've talked about on the show is we are not a club that is going to spend and really in all of MLS, you need to be able to maximize your resources that you have available. Yep. You're not going to get the pick of whatever players you want. 
Um, and I think someone actually did some analysis on the roster spending between these two clubs. And I think, I don't know where the information came from, but uh, the, the club he came from is not a club that spends a lot of money. I think they were actually $4 million less than what DC spends on their roster. Uh, so going up against teams that, you know, spend a lot more, he seems like that is something he's really good at is sort of maximizing those resources and 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 really getting the most out, you know, squeezing every you know last dollar out of your roster. And um, if you're a team that's not, you know, going to have 20 million dollars to spend on transfer fees for a few players that you need to do that. So um, it's 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 important. So um, and, you know, I'm just. And I think with the players he has, I think he I think he has a potential to do that. And I think if he does that, he's going to be successful. Yeah, um, for sure. And also, both of our callers tonight have come from the DC United Discord, uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I recommend everyone join that. We also have a Discord as well. Um, I will get producer Brian to drop links and invites to both of those in the chats. So if you if you if you Discord, um, you know I'm old. Ted's Ted's becoming old. I am actually <laughs> I am I'm a young old person. Uh, and I, I am the youngest. I think I'm the oldest person on Discord. So there's a there's a cap. If you're below my age, you're probably already on. If you're not, that's where all the cool kids are. It's like AIM, but weirder. Uh, you know, and sorry, another interesting one. Yes, join join the DC DC United Discord. Uh, another interesting thing, they probably had to pay some money to get this guy out of his contract. Let's um, yes. not forget that he still had two years on his contract. So that's sort of another thing we talk about this club, you know, they willing to spend. Now, I'm not going to say maybe they they probably maybe didn't have to pay 15 million dollars or however much it took. Uh, no. But I imagine it was probably a pretty sizable. I mean, he was two years left on his contract. It was probably a pretty sizable chunk of change to get the club to. Yeah, you can negotiate with him now. So I feel like if their highest they've ever played for a player is less than a million dollars. I feel like we probably didn't spend too much money. Yeah, but he's—I mean—he's a guy who maybe would have been in demand for, sure. for other jobs. He would have been, you know, they might have looked at it as we 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 got to we just got to the first division. This is our first year in the first division. We don't want to, you know, we we want to keep him here. You also, I mean, if you have a coach who's unhappy, that that's even worse sometimes maybe than a player because uh, you you don't have uh, you don't have excuse me, my camera is falling <laughs> and it's not probably making me look all weird. I need to fix that when we get off this podcast. But, uh. <laughs> it's all right, technical. But I, if you, I want to say, if you're watching the live stream now or if you're listening later, this won't matter much to you. We've got live chat that's uh, visible in the in the display. We're on IG Live at the same time. This is technology is happening. Aside from yes. Ted's camera falling down, there's there's technology all over the place. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the the lineup we think that we're going to get, assuming a three five two, uh, which is sort of where the conversation was uh, before now. Uh, we'll have producer Brian throw that up and, and we'll talk to it. But it, I think that the there aren't a lot of decisions to make, really, uh, based on sort of the, the 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 tools we have, particularly in the back. I feel like we're pretty we're pretty constrained uh, who it might be. Uh, but I will. I'm we're not live, so I'll assume we'll have it up. Uh, Bill Hamid, by the way, is uh, uh, just had surgery yesterday. Uh, mm. He had <laughs> he had a sports hernia uh, and is out six to eight weeks. Uh, sports hernias are only slightly funny because if you remember, if you're a longtime DC United fan, there was a period of time where we had about six or seven players, uh, have sports hernias in the course of a year or two. Uh, so, uh, weird that that has come back now, <laughs> but when he's healthy, obviously Bill Hamid will be a net, uh, Chris sites. I would guess based on recovering time, I would bet that we'll get some Chris sites at the beginning of the season, unless it goes on, unless this work stoppage slash, uh, labor negotiation goes much further than we think it will. So uh, there are only three center backs on the team, so that picks itself pretty easily. Uh, I would say uh, Burnbaum or Pines in the center point uh, and Briant. I think that's sort of there's not none of those none of those three really scream to me uh, best in a three back setup. <laughs> so so we'll figure out where that sort of goes. But then in the midfield, uh, we I I think this is sort of our consensus pick: uh, Gressel on the left, Ariel on the right, Assad maybe in the swing and an eight in, in the eight. Uh, and then Moreno and Canaus in the middle. I, I thought potentially Felipe in place of Moreno, but he's not on the team yet. And also Moreno may just be the player based on his range of passing. Uh, some of our listeners have Moreno beef that may not, they may not appreciate that, but who knows? And then up top, not a lot of other options. It's Flores and Kamara. Flores, we talked about just a, well, just a few minutes ago about sort of that making sense from a placement on the field perspective. I mean, you're, you are, you are, miss, you are missing out on Jordi Reyna. Yes. Right, good in that point. Lineup. And, and that's the other thing too, is like, I was actually in this lineup and I'm like, 
there's some there's some there's some depth here now. You can you can you can you can conceivably see a Kevin Paredes coming in, a a, a Jordi Reyna sort of competing probably with Flores for that for that spot if that's where uh, he ends up being. Um, I am I am I am going to be excited. I I am mostly I think this will help Edison Flores out. He's going to be I'm even I think he has to look at this guy. I'm sure maybe he was googling the same person. Maybe he even knows who this who this guy is in a certain sense because he's from South America. And I wonder if he did a little happy dance because I felt that when he was signed that this team was going to play sort of a more high-octane pressing style. And they went with sort of the slow, methodical attacking buildup um, that I just did not think fit the players that we had, including and especially Edison Flores. Um, do, you remember so that, am, do you remember that one game Jordi Reyna was going insane and then he and then he – uh, killed somebody basically on the field yeah. and then he got sad and then he wasn't good anymore <laughs> do, do, i don't remember what game that was and if anyone remember in the chat uh who that what game that was he looked like a man possessed and i was like oh this is this is great more of this uh and then the wheels fell off we've got we've got a caller we'll here. see we'll see new new coach new different new, new identity yes we got a caller on the line as i scored out as i pulled up the lineup uh greg gregory Koch um, is on the line greg yeah. hey greg Hey, Welcome in, my so, friend. Hey. hey, so I'm wondering, because there were rumors a while back that Ben Olsen's contract basically said if we get rid of him, we still have to keep him around in some capacity. So I'm wondering if we know if that's true, and if so, what we're going to do with him, what you think we should do with him. Should we stick him in the front office somewhere, make him a head coach, head coach emeritus of sorts, or just... <laughs> Put him somewhere he can't do any harm, like the Bafusas did, because he's terrible. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, what do you I, think? So we, uh, there was an interview. We did a clip show of an interview with uh, Jason Levian last week, and the the answer he gave basically was that Ben Olsen is under contract next year. He was a part tangentially of the search. Seemed like less of that than maybe anything else. There was a conversation about his input would be vital for the training facility in Ashburn. Uh I had said at the point that that sounds very much like trying, you know, uh, a problem in search of a solution uh, rather than actually having a decided sort of where we're going to put him. I think that it was about, you know, securing his financial short term future. And he had given enough to the club over time that they were fine with doing that. I don't think he's actually going to have a role. I don't think he needs a role. I think I think Amer- I think head coach emeritus, like you said, sort of jokingly, I think is basically going to be his position. Maybe like community outreach manager. I don't know. I, I think he's going to be kind of chilling. And he's talked he's talked extensively yeah, about the fact yeah. that that he uh, that he if, if he was fired today, would he go be looking for for another for another coaching position? And he has said, ah, I don't think I would do that. And I think right now, based on his Instagram, but he's been interviewed his, twice, but he was interviewed for Toronto yeah. and he was and he's well, so maybe so. Maybe they're coming it, for him. It, 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 it's not him actively seeking the job. Chris Armas was actively seeking a job at MLS. Right. He has talked. That was it, it, this is him. Someone calls him on his phone. He's like, oh yeah, sure, I'll listen. Let's see. And you know, I think I think that's kind of uh, that's that's kind of that's kind of the scenario with him. But I don't I don't think he has as actively engaged in trying to find a coaching job or find something else. I think he is he is he is recuperating after being the poorest after coaching the poorest team in mls for like 10 years uh straight and i think he is ready to uh to just 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 kind of relax a little bit yeah. and, and buy buy some cool artwork yeah. apparently greg are you happy with this coaching Something hire like yeah definitely i mean we'll see how he does but it seems like a good one yep i think that's yeah. a, i think that's the right position yeah, but the thing is i've seen coaching hires where i thought oh this is really great and they were terrible and i've seen coaching hires where I thought, what were they thinking? And they turned it out to be one of the best coaches in his history. So, I mean, we'll have to wait and see. But yep. yep. Absolutely. Theory, this is a good hire. Absolutely. I, I agree. Yeah. Greg, Greg, thanks for the call. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, and I think uh, I mean that's I think it's something we always have to keep in mind here. I mean, this this could I mean, what are we gonna what are we gonna be like in you know? End of the season, are we going to think this is still a great hire? I don't. Doesn't know. matter, it's, man. It doesn't matter. You're Listen, right. we we have been in we have been in search of optimism so so much for 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 mm-hmm. as long as this show has been on. This show has quality has dipped in the in the in the off season a little bit. We finally got some some actual interesting content. Yeah, and um, I I think so. that uh, interested parties who have maybe listened to our show 
and been displeased at our level of sadness and and gripe, we're happy now. We're we're in a good yeah. mood now. So <laughs> you just keep you got keep signing exciting uh, exciting options, and we're gonna keep being happy. I, I do have a scenario here. Does 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 this team? If this team, let's say they suffer twenty twenty esque levels of bad, mm-hmm. do you think the team? Do you think the team gives him another chance next yes. year where he's on the hot seat? Yes. Okay. I, he right. said the contract is three years with a with a with a team held option, unless the team is in last place, mm-hmm. he'll seal out his contract. And, and and I do think so. I, I the one notion that and the one the one part of Stephen Goff's article that kind of gets me is the he talked. I think he was when he mentioned oh it, you know DC's looking at MLS only candidates and he's like oh international coaches don't succeed much in MLS, um, and I think he uses the stat. Uh, he uses the stat um, that uh, that you know, oh, only one foreign coach has won MLS Cup, and I said, okay, sure, but that that's kind of now that's a bit of a myth, and I think it's a myth that you cannot be successful with. You need to have an MLS coach. It used to be the case, and a large reason that was the case was because international coaches would come in with like skeleton soccer staff and. What we've seen now in this league is that you pair them with a person who knows who can make the trades, who knows the league, who's going to go out and make the moves. Who's going to go out and make the moves that uh, be the person to, to to know? Oh, oh, we shouldn't be trading a we shouldn't be trading two hundred thousand dollars in allocation money for you know a, a bench player or you know here's here's how we're going to play the game. And um, you know I, there, I think there are some very legitimate criticisms of Dave Casper, but there is one thing he is really really good at, and that is working the MLS rules and 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 getting those sort of good deals that that sort of come through um, in in a lot of ways. So I think there's a good pairing if they can work together well and and um, and uh, Lasada can sort of maximize what's on the roster. I think we do have something good here. So uh, I just wanted to push back against that rumor. It's it's not, and I, I think I think it came from the Beckham experiment and Rude Hulett and Alexi Lawless, which was a disaster. That was a long time a ago of, too. That, yeah, it was, exactly. It was a long time ago. But it seems to be it's the perpetuation of the myth of like, oh, foreign coaches can't do MLS. Oh, the league the rules are too crazy. No, you give them somebody who can say. I, the coach is like, I want this. I think this player is good. It's like, okay, let's go make a deal. Let's go get a deal together. Or, ah, that's not going to work. You know, these cost this much. We only have this much in the cap. You know, you need somebody Rude like that. Rude Hulett did not give a shit. That was the problem. <laughs> if you read that book, yeah. if you read that yeah. book, it had nothing to do with being international. It had everything to do with he thought this was a joke. And, and he pushed and he pushed back a lot. And and there's a reason why you don't see Rude Hulett coaching anywhere right? anymore, too. too. <laughs> he, he wasn't some misunderstood genius who came in. It was very clear. But um, but I do think that sort of started the whole myth, and 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 I think it, it it does sort of perpetuate the idea, and it sort of underscored just how weird MLS was at that and at that time, and still is. And there's been a lot of sort of the rules that existed there that don't really exist anymore. Um, but you know, I think it I th- I think it sort of underscored a little bit of that, and MLS has sort of chipped away at some of those. So it's not it's not as big of a leap I think as it used to be. Um, for, for, for coaches coming coming abroad. so uh, But he will have to adjust. It's going to be an adjustment period for sure. So um, He will not be in place, obviously, for the draft, which is on Thursday. Uh, but yes. And a special treat for you guys, we're going to have Travis Clark of Top Tour Soccer on the show tomorrow night. It will not be a live show, but it will be in the uh, podcast uh, stream. Uh, you'll get it before the before the draft happens on Thursday. So uh, tune in for that. Uh, the the uh, He's still getting his work visa, I believe, squared away. Again, there's no rush here. He doesn't have he doesn't have a staff yet. They're still working on that. There's a lot of there's a lot of details still to be to be tied up. Uh, but the important thing is that it's confirmed that he's coming. We're no longer on coach watch, and we're also thank God we're not Miami uh, hiring Phil Neville. And, and I'll, I'll be curious to ask Travis Clark what he what he thinks about that and what he thinks about not having the coach there and. Um, a lot about sort of what this draft sort of means with with everything, and it's also it's on inauguration day, isn't it? Isn't it Wednesday? Like I thought it was Thursday. Oh, is it Thursday? You might be right. You might be right. I'm, I could be I could be completely off base here. Well, it's okay because um, it used to be on TV. <laughs> it used to have fans <laughs> at it, so it's not, it's it's just going further and further into the, the toilet. The the MLS Super Draft went virtual before it was cool. Right. Let me right. Just say that. <laughs> right. It was not pushed by a pandemic. It just did it because they did it. Uh, and it is January twenty first. It is Thursday. You are right. I, I got my days. Uh, I got my days days mixed up. Two p.m. Eastern time. MLSsoccer.com, Probably on the YouTube channels. Um, again, virtual. All virtual. Uh, DC have the fourth pick in the draft. I'll be curious to see. You know if they can get an impact player. Um, no. 
And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably not, but that's okay. Uh, but you know, I was just thinking about this. You know, we we talked about Bill Hamid's uh, hernia surgery. Stephen Birnbaum also out uh, for for some amount of time with his ankle, uh, at, an ankle that bothered him the entire back half of the year, and that caused him to miss the whole Chad Ashton experiment. Uh, he was out for all of that, um, which was great because it gave Donovan Pines an opportunity to play. Uh, he played so well that he worked himself onto the U twenty the U twenty three side for the U S national team uh, coming up. I think maybe no, I don't know by this week, but they're they're playing soon. Uh, but so that basically, what I'm saying is. It would not be bad for us if the uh, debate about the, uh, the the new season went on a little bit longer. We we may want a later start so that we have all of our players fully fit and ready to go. Yeah, and um, I, I think Bill Bill looks like his is a quicker recovery time than, than Steve's. Yep. I think they said Bill's is like six to eight weeks, so close to the beginning of the year. And I think it's also you know I think even if the season started when it was originally thought, which I think right now is like mid March. Even if not everybody is there, this is this is. I think DC knows like, all right, we're hiring this coach. It's going to be a learning curve everywhere. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and we're going to make the surgeries. Um, we're, we're going to make the surgeries. We're going to do the things that we that we need to do. Um, right. They they so, they know that they know that. Uh, either way, it's not it's not mission critical to be ready here in the next two months. But still, yep. Hope it all works out. Steve has had a number of surgeries. I think he's had a few surgeries over the years. I'm glad this is not any any head issue related. This is something that he could he can work through. Although Ben would say that ankle ankle surgery is not anything you ever want to go through either. Um, nope. Although he went through nope. plenty of them uh, recently. Do you, what was the what was the name on MLS's uh, rookie of the year? Uh, oh, Ben Halson. Ben Halson. Yes. I, I absolutely was spent. I spent like five minutes being like, was there a Ben Halson? <laughs> and he won the rookie of the year? How did I not know about this? That's weird that well, there was a Halson and a Ben Olsen. Weird. Yeah, yeah. No, that was that I saw that immediately and I was like, Rookie no no, that was Ben like and again, it under I I, I laughed at it and then it also underlined just how much like MLS needs somebody. Well, they they, they also be, fired half of their staff, uh, pandemic. Yeah, so true. there's probably it's probably that's a true. little bit of covering multiple jobs going on there. Yeah, ben, there's probably there's probably some overwork. Ben's IG right. is like the spot now you got to follow. Yeah. I don't know if you're not already somehow, if you're somehow a listener of this show and are not following him on Instagram, you should. He also posted a video of him scoring for Nottingham forest. Uh, and the one year he played uh, over <laughs> there before his ankle uh, was blown into a million pieces. Um, but he's, he's having a good time. He's playing putt putt down in Florida. The man is, he's, he's doing, he's, he clearly is not like, he is not housebound. Like some of us, he appears to be doing his thing anyway. I'm not going to make any value judgments on that. Ted and I living in our basements or, or rooms, but that's okay. That's yep. okay. Yeah. Not going to work. You know, we, we step out the shop and do some mm-hmm. other small things and wear masks and that that's what you should do. No putt putt for me though. I oh, could though. I guess exactly. it's outside. Yeah, but it's outside, so all good. Um, I guess uh, you have written down here at the bottom. You have Jordan Morris to Swansea, cool. Which I guess, <laughs> which I guess has has a DC connection. Sure. To that. Steve, so uh, apparently, Steve Kaplan, the owner of part owner of uh, Swansea and also part owner of DC United, was was key in making this happen. So he's going there on a loan. Jordan Morris is. I think it's great for him. Uh, I had always read that he was sort of very very comfortable. Uh, in MLS and not wanting to leave. So maybe this is something where he just wanted to get a little toe dip like Landon. Well, well, I think also that there's a couple of things going on here. There's the, there, I think there are a lot of things going on here with Jordan. First of all, Jordan Morris was, you know, U S men's national team pen in starter. Uh, now you don't have that. You've got Matthew Hoppy, who apparently is just bursting onto the scene with Shulka scored again this week, uh, this, over the weekend. I, I'm not sure what the result of the game was, whether Shulka got a positive result out of it, but, um, you have uh, Giorena. You have all these players that are emerging in Europe, Weston McKenney. And suddenly now you put all those players out there and you're like, oh, Jordan Morris, um, well, he's off the bench. And uh, he's 26. Uh, there's also not really sure when the season's going to start for MLS. So I think this is – he needs to go somewhere where, he, where he, he's going to play. This is about playing. So you're not, you're not going to go try to integrate yourself into a top-level – German Bundesliga side, you're going to look for a place where you are at the level or maybe a little bit better. And championship is probably a good place to start. And if you do well enough, then, hey, you're playing in the in the premiership. Yep. Um, I was going to look to see where where Swansea, where Swansea City are right now in the table because uh, I was curious. How much do you want to bet uh, they're not in a playoff spot? 
Well, they're actually second. What? They are second. They are second in the. Good they are. They're in the. They're in the automatic promotion spot. I think you didn't take so, that. Bet. So, um, so they are. So they are definitely sort of battling, uh, battling it out for that top spot and in, in getting automatically promoted to the to the premiership. Uh, so that's another reason I think to say that hey, you know, this team is doing pretty well. I might get a shot at playing in the premiership. You know, kind of going in, going in the old fashioned way that most Americans did, going in the going in the Jay Demerit way, playing for ooh, Watford, ooh. and 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 making a difference there. Early twenty so, ten. Jay, Jay Demerit had a much tougher path. Let's just, let's just be clear. But um, but yes. Yeah, so so I, I think I think that's the move. That's the calculation. Um, he's trying to get himself into a position where he can make a better argument. Um, also staying sharp uh, for coming up for for trying to keep keep himself in the national team picture. So I think that that's kind of the calculation here to the move. And um, hopefully, uh, ho- hopefully Seattle get a pretty penny if they uh, if they manage to sell him. Out yeah, there's a there's so. a question here in the in the chat from Ryan Johnson about an option to buy. I can't imagine Swansea would sign a 26 year old permanently if he did well. Uh, I just checked. A, 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 it looks like about five to seven million dollars is about the hope. Uh, of what what his rights would secure, um, so I, I don't. I, th- I, I, think I think if you're going up, if you're yeah. going up, if you are going up, that's nothing. As far yeah. as money that you're going to be coming into, and if he actually shows out and does well, I don't think there's a problem making that move. He's he is not a young pl- he's not a young player, I guess, but he's mm-hmm. certainly in his prime. So I don't think yeah. there's a, I don't think there's a challenge in doing that. And and we you just talked about it. Teams all over the world are looking to the U.S. market uh, as you know bang for your buck, and. Uh, you know, if 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 Jordan Morris becomes a you know seven to nine goal scorer for seven million dollars, you make that move every every time. Absolutely. The the U the, the U S uh, market for for male soccer players, I should say, is kind of like when you when you when you're buying that 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 blue chip stock before it's a blue chip stock. It's like, hey, there this is really undervalued. There's a lot of value. There's a lot of under undervalue here. You know, it's a market where. If a players players of the caliber like are the top level who play at the top level of of the Brazilian league and Argentinian league go for a lot more than those that play at the top level in in MLS um, unless you you know played in those in those uh, leagues so I think that's kind of the the calculation right now is hey they're they're pretty cheap and they can actually play too and that's and that's also important uh, if they couldn't if they couldn't play and they weren't having the success you would not see them um, you would not see them going for the, for for much of anything right. but it's still uh, one thing I forgot to mention when we were talking about the the labor uh, strife the counter proposal from the players league the players association was to cap off budget spend um on players going forward in the next two years that is a total union move so basically what they're saying there is saying you know that money you spend to buy players that aren't already in the union that are from overseas that are going to take jobs of people currently in the union and american players what if we don't spend money on that what if we uh save the money there instead of cut money from us which is you know predictably the route they'd go but i uh, i don't know if they're going to agree to that because i i would the owners are like us that's the money we do want to spend Interesting thing. Interesting thing. Because uh, reading this is from uh, Fonzer Linnell over on YouTube uh, says fan on the uh, Berschlat Reddit page says that Lasada doesn't ascribe to a particular formation, but rather is pragmatic and attempts to construct the most efficient team from the players he has. Good. So yeah, that's that. That leads me to believe, and and that's sort of the other question is: Are we going to get a? Are we going to get a guy who comes in? Um, who is going to be pragmatic? Look at what he has. Or are we going to get a guy who is so rooted to this idea of what he wants to play? For better or worse, this is what he wants to do. And I think having a guy who's willing to be like, no, I don't need to do what I did at this other club. That is, I don't have the players to fit that. And that's uh, that, that can be wonders for a coach. A coach that's able to do that uh, t- tend to be sometimes more successful um, than, than the coaches that don't. Um, it, it'll be more about his ability to uh, spell out what he's looking to do, even with those players. Yes, yeah, exactly. If he if he immediately goes into the fact where like you know why well, I don't have the players to play my way, I don't think that's I don't think that's what a first year coach. That's what a Jose Mourinho does. That's mm-hmm. not what that's not what this guy's gonna do. So and and, and I think if, he, if he's a pragmatist, he's gonna know I don't have a lot of choice in who I play. I make it, I make it to choose. Casper might come and say, "Here's three players we're looking at that fit within our budget. Tell me which one you give me your thoughts on them." And then, and, and maybe maybe they had targets. Maybe they had targets that they went through with him and said, "Oh yeah, well I think I like this guy." And 
you know, and it's like, I agree. So I'll be curious to see what players come. We're going to be um, seeing some weird players, players in the Belgian league coming in. I think some guys, <laughs> some other guys we've never heard of. I think that's, I think that's what you're going to likely see. Cause that's going to well, be his expertise, right? Yeah. in in theory, in theory, but I mean, also, um, yeah, I think, I think it's, I think also an underrated feature might be his language skills in, in having a coach that speaks Spanish and having that connection, I think could do wonders as much as you love Ben, and I'm, I'm not sure what Ben's Spanish skills were, but um, I, you know, I know there were classes that they were given for a lot of these players that try to learn the language. But I, I think that's going to be that's going to help in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. Um, for a lot of these players, particularly so. with the skill players, pretend usually being usually being Latin on, on this team over time. So uh, I'm excited to see how he connects that group with uh, the the rest of the group. Let's let's just sort of let's, as we wrap up, let's just sort of sum up our, you know. Our, our, our total thoughts on this again for people who have gotten in late, maybe uh, I'll start. So, you know, this move is, we don't necessarily know how it's going to pan out. We don't necessarily know how we're going to do this year. I don't really care how we do this year, honestly, um, provided that we are it, as advertised, we are aggressively attacking. Uh, if it doesn't work out, that doesn't work out. Like if, if we, uh, if the play, I would say that I want two things. I want them to actually attack. Like they say, they're going to attack. And then I want the the skill players that we've bought in recent years and spent money on to perform up to their levels that they have performed in the past. Last year they did not. New coach again, new system likely potentially. Uh, but I want to see those players do what they're capable of doing. And then if they do that, we know that going forward with this coach, we're in a, we're in a place to succeed. Uh, and that's all that we can ask for as a fan base. I I want I want more. You know those moments when you're watching a game and, and you're on your couch and maybe maybe you're distracted by something and then you hear I, I, we're not going to get a crowd you know for a while so this is the kind ramping of up point. fake crowd noise the, the ramp the the ramping up the crowd that you can hear the announcer and you kind of peer up and you just kind of you fix your eyes on something and you kind of almost start to edge get off you know edge of your seat type type moments I want more of those. Uh, more of those moments because we I, we got very few and far between in, in 2020. Uh, there may be a couple of moments in the beginning of the year. That that's what I want. I just want I want reasons to be. I want moments where I'm going to sit on the edge of my seat. I'm going to jump up in excitement. I'm going to see something amazing, even if it doesn't work. I'm going to see, you know, good passing and you know it, just those types of moments. I want those, and th- and that's all I want this year, really. I, I you know playoffs are going to be good. I, I think this team is capable of making the playoffs with the roster they have. Um, I think this certainly is a playoff roster. I don't know if it's if it's if it's high enough. Um, but now you know, hey, g- give me some excitement, Lasad. If you're listening, man, just give us excitement. You you literally have a a very you have a low bar to exceed. It's just excitement. We want interesting. We want we want new. Um, yeah, so. I mean that's totally different than a fan base that's demanding a championship, right? Mm-hmm. I think I think that we have been in a position where we have been for so long, and also as a fan base, I think we've shrunk. There's major atrophy in the amount of people who pay attention to this team. Because we've not been in, uh, totally interesting, um, so uh, I think I think that's easier than results based. You know, it's about it's about communication to those to the fans that are left, and I think they're going to do that. I think that they I think by the way that they sort of hinted, not necessarily hinted, but heavily talked about his play style in the comments uh, of his uh, of the press release, they know that's what people want. So I think they're going to have him. I think he's probably a good communicator. So they're going to have him out front and foremost talking about how how we're going to see his vision on the field. And that's going to make people go. If you look at the the reaction, the reaction is uniformly positive right now on this first day mm-hmm. because they, they've they heard what they need to hear. So that's, you know, that's ten, promising. Ten years, ten years of 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 not a whole lot of that and, and very little of that from Mendelssohn as much as we love him uh, dearly on this club. Uh, I think I think having a guy who's going to give that maybe a little bit of behind the curtain talk like like I mentioned on the on the last show um, they need more of that and I think he could be a guy that could uh, that could go out and do that so um, been, we're excited you showing off your tattoo I've been told I've been told in the uh, in the in the chat to show off my tattoo so that's the work of Tony Trustworthy Dan knows all about Tony Trustworthy um but yeah we're 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 uh, we can't we couldn't be happier also from a content perspective like hallelujah this we needed this more than anything I think you and I were we, you know, I, I had actually had a great time doing the RFK React series, uh, Volume One, to the to Jason Levian interview. And if there are more of them, we're gonna keep doing them because uh, it was easy as hell. So <laughs> that's another reason we like we like doing those interviews. But anyway, overall, can't be ha- couldn't be happier with this move. We're excited to see what's gonna happen here in the next couple weeks. We're excited to see what's gonna happen 
with uh, with the draft on Thursday. I guess we're excited about it. It'll we never know. I'm excited, it's a surprise. Hey, I, it's I still, content. I still I still love the draft, man. I, I still I still enjoy it. it. It was it. MLS did a good job with their virtual draft, and I think uh, I think it set the stage for for a lot of other uh, drafts that were going that were going to happen. Um, so I, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of I'm kind of a fan of those uh, of those types of drafts. So. Um, we'll see, man. It's gonna be fun. It's always fun. All right. Thank you all so so much for listening. It's exciting, folks. Let's enjoy it. Enjoy it. it the sky's the limit. ML, MLS Cup champion 2021. <laughs> we can do it. We can do it with this coach. It can happen. Anything can happen. And we'll see you guys. We well, uh, gotta tell them all the things that we do, all the places you can find us. Oh, find us. So you could find us, of course, on RFKRefugees.com. You can become patrons uh, on our Patreon page, which you can also find, I think, on RFKRefugees.com. Join the Discord. Links are in links are in the chat. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the things. If somehow you just wandered over here and don't already do those things, it's just important to tell you. Yeah, exactly. Thank you all so so much for listening, and we will catch you guys. We'll be back next week. Yes, we'll we be will. Back next we'll be week. back. We'll be back tomorrow. Actually, back tomorrow. <laughs> yes, we'll see you tomorrow. We'll see you next week. Vamos. Vamos.